It's the matchup presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Well, I don't know what to say, but Phil Mickelson winning last week at the PGA Championship. I am, uh, you know, I could handicap probably for two straight weeks leading up to the PGA. And I'm not sure I would ever convince myself to get to the point where Phil Mickelson wins at Kiwa Island, the ocean course, and to, to help me make a little bit of sense of that, just looking past last week. And then, of course, looking ahead now to another great field at the Charles Schwab Challenge at the Colonial Country Club, backed by popular demand at Torpix on Twitter. Joe Adoni, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Travis. How are you, man? What are we? Um, well, well, I um, I'm still trying to make um, sense of all this from last week. I mean, did you have a win ticket on Phil Mickelson? <laughs> no, but I actually, I don't know if you saw my page. I watched the final 18 holes with a buddy of mine who had a massive Phil win ticket. So no. I don't know where it came from, but uh, it was a it was a movie script that I'm not sure a producer would have believed and yeah. thought was believable. It was. The 50 going on 51 year old Phil winning on the longest course ever. Um, it was everything. It was he had the young machismo bravado of Brooks and almost the polar opposite, I think, in terms of, of swing thoughts. And I'm interested in your kind of take on that, where Brooks is like seems very much aim and fire, and Phil is analyzing everything pre shot. So mm -hmm. it was so cool to see. Uh, I'm happy for Phil, but it just kind of we we talked right before we, we went hot here. Um, we have the toughest job in the world trying to predict <laughs> this sport, right? Man. Yeah, it wasn't the best week um, for me last week. There was a there was a couple stragglers in there, some some matchup head to head wins, but. In the world of fantasy, it wasn't my uh, my best week. But the good news with golf is you just have to wait another week, and we have another tournament, and here we are, back to where it kind of all started after the hiatus um, with the pandemic, the Charles Schwab Challenge um, at Colonial Country Club, a place that I actually played right before things shut down. I was out there, did some things with the tournament, and got to play the course, which uh, was a nice treat, a unique golf course. A golf course that, um, well, we've seen a bit of a range as far as winning here, but uh, the Bombers, you know, they can't overpower this golf course. Uh, it's not a golf course like we saw last week at Kiwa that was 77, 7,800 come the weekend. This is going to play closer to 7,200. You've got more forced layups. And, um, you know, guys like the likes of Daniel Berger last year, of course, won here, beating Colin Morikawa in the playoff. Kevin Na has won here. Kevin Kisner, Spieth, has played exceptionally well here, winning 2016. He's finished second a couple times. But guys like Chris Kirk, Zach Johnson, David Toms, these are the kind of guys that can play very well here, can't they, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned um, a lot of really good – one thing I, I kind of just noted in my head there, a lot of really good putters and a mm -hmm. lot of guys who are very streaky and can get hot with the putter and Kisner and Na and Spieth. Um, Kirk, even to some degree, ZJ Stricker, I think is one here too. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's to me, you know, and, and you obviously had the experience playing it, but it feels very much like a, a, a technical thinking golf course. And I don't, um, 
I don't envision there being a ton of just pound drivers off the tee. It's very much set up your second shot. A lot of around the green comes into play, very sort of tree lined and tight. Mm -hmm. And, and it's going to, to definitely be a much, much different test than the ocean course. Yeah. You got um, some opportunities out of the gate and then coming in one and two play very easy. One, just a cakewalk par five. Mm -hmm. And yeah. two's under 400 kind of moves to the right. You can cut the dog leg. And then you get into this uh, little three-hole stretch that's uh, called the horseshoe. And it's uh, all you want. Uh, number three, fourth-ranked fourth um, hole on the golf course. Number four, par three, very difficult. Third hardest. And then five is brutal, very intimidating. A lot of trouble on the right, trees on the left. That's the hardest. But then coming in, you've got birdie opportunities in, in 17 and 18, some forced layups, water on the left there on 18. You see guys that hit it a long ways trying to stay short of that. So it kind of forces your hand off the tee, even though it's um, not overly long. Um, but uh, some, some opportunities going out and coming in, and then that very difficult three-hole stretch. I, you know, I, I agree with you. You know, the putter – certainly is going to rank way up there who can get hot with the putter. We're back on bent grass greens. I think mm -hmm. that's worth noting here. Uh, greens that are not going to be overly fast and usually the greens somewhat receptive as well. You'll see the ball stopping um, here for the most part. Um, but to me, the two stats that really stand out when you look at the guys that have won here, in particularly Berger, it's strokes gain approach and strokes gain putting you've got to excel in those two areas. Yeah, without a doubt. It's it's classic PGA Tour week, right? Strokes gain <laughs> approach, strokes gain putting. Uh, that's what's ultimately going to win. Um, I'm factoring in a little bit of around the green as well right. just because – you know, I can just try to dive through my memory a little bit. I can remember Spieth with some very crafty up and downs. I can remember Berger with some huge up and downs. And yeah, you're going to, you know, you even just look at the leaderboard last year in Morikawa and Berger, two guys who are unbelievable short iron players. So um, that's, I think, what we're looking to target again this year. You know, not the same strength of field as we had last year when it was just felt like a major coming right out of the, the hiatus there. Uh, but still a very, very strong field this week. It's actually nice to see. Yeah, it is a good field. And we'll get right into it here, starting um, with the top value, the highest value. And we'll go through it. We're going to touch each player. And then we'll give you a head-to-head, -head, one guy that we really like from each category. Jordan Spieth uh, opens up as, at the favorite here. I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook. He's 10.5 to 1 right now. He's 11,200. In fantasy, there's JT at 11,000, Colin Morikawa, 10,500, Reed, 10,300, and then defending champ Daniel Berger at 10,000. So you look at those names, um, where do you go? Do you, do you start with Spieth here, who right now is the hottest player coming in, and he's had a lot of success here. Are you willing to pay the 11-2? You know, it's a big price, right? I usually don't like to go to this 11 range, but... Um... It's for a good reason, I think, this week. I think he's been one of the, if not the most consistent players 
across the board, right across the spectrum in different areas of his game, even off the tee, uh, which is kind of wild. I would have never envisioned myself saying this about Jordan Spieth six months ago, but he's putting it all together. He's coming to a place he loves. He's coming to a place he can seemingly uh, tie his shoes and get the clubs out of the car in top 10. So, yeah, I think it's definitely warranted. Um, I have some concerns about Thomas and Morikawa in that, Look, I think Thomas ordinarily would set up great here. I worry a little bit, maybe is it too tight off the tee for him? Because I think that he can get a little bit loose off mm-hmm. the tee, um, particularly lately. And the other thing we talked about is putting, right? Are, the, are either one of these guys going to be able to hold enough putts in definitely an area that they struggle in? Um, if they do, certainly they're going to be right there in contention. But it's kind of a little question mark for them. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Justin Thomas is a big question mark. Um, you know, not a place that I think historically he likes. He came to it last year, as everybody did, because they wanted to play golf, finish tied for 10th. But before that, he didn't play in the tournament. So that tells you that does he really does he really feel like this place fits him, which I would say no. And given the struggle with the putter, you know, he made changes in my industry. He made changes um, with his putting coach about, about four months ago. And I still think there's some some question marks there. He putted well at the players, of course. And but JT's always been a streaky putter. He feels like he's searching a little bit right now um, with the putter, but things can turn around quickly, as we've seen many times, and it's hard to anticipate that. Same with Colin. Um, you know, all systems go with the ball striking, um, but he's trending in that negative 2.3. 2.5 strokes game putting. Can he overcome that and win? And that's what we're looking for um, in this range. So I, I tend to agree. I'll pass on that. I was a little disappointed, I think, in, in Daniel Berger last week, uh, yeah. opened up with a, a 77 uh, opening round. And then he ended up, I think, shooting 68 to make the cut on the number uh, on Friday. But, um, you know, didn't play well in the weekend, 75th at PGA and was showing good form coming in. So, um, you know, can Berger kind of get back to what he's doing? This certainly is a good spot for him. And then there's Patrick Reed, who, you know, is probably always one of the hardest ones to handicap because he really doesn't statistically you look at it. We know he's a great short game player, but nothing really just pops out, you know, all, at any time with Patrick. But yet when he's in the hunt, he has staying power and we know that he can win. So you like Patrick read at a facility like this perhaps i do yeah okay. i actually bet patrick reed this week i just think that he has the upside in the win equity that some of those other guys price particularly on the odds board uh haven't shown to this point so you're 100 percent right and i say this all the time about patrick reed he's difficult to quantify in terms of a stat model um but you just watch him play and he has the ability to make pars in situations that he shouldn't end up with par um he goes on birdie runs i think that he's probably one of the streakier and better if not the best putter on tour right now from Mm -hmm. 8 to 15 feet he seems to just hold them regularly for par um and and there's one sort of category that he does kind of excel at and that's strokes gained 
when you isolate par four. So only two par fives this week. Um, looking back over the years, it seems predominantly that the scoring and the winning scores, like you're going to make your hay this week on the par fours. So you're going to have to play them well. He's third in the field in par four scoring. You know, going back to Texas, maybe the wind kicks up a little bit and is, is a familiar um, region and environment for him to sort of excel. So I do like Patrick Reed. Yeah, I do too. And um, you look at his odds right now to win 17 to 1 is where he is. DraftKings Sportsbook. Morikawa is at 15. JT um, at 13 to 1. Yeah, you know, in this group, Patrick Reed was is is kind of my guy that I was, um, what I was leaning on. I love the par 4 scoring. I think he's I think he's starting to find some things here with his iron game, too. I, he played very well um, last week, finished 17th. Yeah. And, you know, just looking at him, I, I think he would tell you that's about as bad as he could have probably finished, too, considering his driver wasn't as polished as it usually is, so it costs him there. But I think the rest of the game was exceptionally good. And I, he's on, he's putting very well, to your point. And I think his approach game is really trending. So is that your guy in this group, or am I going to take him? <laughs> um, you, you, it's your show, buddy. You got first pick, so you tell me. <laughs> I, I had Patrick Reed circled. Um, okay. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give you a read on this one. So who, who else you got? All right, so you give me read. Then yeah. I'm going to default, and I'm going to roll the dice a little bit here, but I'm going to take Colin Morikawa. Okay. Um, I'm hopeful that... Look, the ball striking is incredible. Number one in the field, and yeah. that's what we talked about earlier, is what translates to success, what translates to wins on the PGA Tour. I think that the win equity is there. I think that you know he missed that little shorty last year that kind of mm -hmm. handed it to Daniel Berger. So I think going back to a place with familiarity, I think this is a good um, – not that he hasn't been playing well, but I think this is just a good get-right spot for him. Technical yeah. course, let his iron play shine through – uh, and carry him, and hopefully, hopefully he can make some putts because he's given himself a boatload of opportunities and just needs some to fall. So I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, I feel good about Morikawa in kind of being the discount Justin Thomas this week at $500 cheaper. If you like uh, positive seven and a half strokes can approach, then he's always a good pick. <laughs> I mean, he's just an absolute machine. All right. Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor, improve your golf swing today. Pro level launch data. In the palm of your hand, it is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback data and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable. Case is about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com. R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com. Rapsodo.com. Let's move on down to the 9,000s. No surprise, Will Zalatoris, who just continues to impress 9,900. Coming home to Texas, Abraham Answer. 97 Finau 96 who's played well here uh, in the past tied for second back in 2019 Scotty Scheffler coming back to Texas 95 there's Connors 94 who's played well here 
Neiman, interesting, 93. Woodland showing form at 9,200. Sunjai, 91. Kokrak at 9,000. You know, Kokrak's an interesting name. Um, you know, he's uh, at 9,000. He finished uh, tied for third. Yeah, he finished tied for third here last year. And, um, you know, you feel like Kokrak is is kind of playing some pretty good golf right now as well. As Sunjai is, uh, Sunjai hit the ball in the water late on Sunday, which really dropped him down. Um, and then Woodland, as I work up from the bottom here, Gary, interesting, you know, last couple weeks has played some pretty good golf. Um, he went back to Butch Harmon just to kind of fill you in on – some instructional things worked with Justin Parsons, who was Harmon's right-hand guy for a long time. And I think with Gary, you know, his best golf, you go back to his win at the U S open, it was under Butch Harmon's tutelage. I think him and Butch tend to work very well together. I don't know why Gary kind of keeps leaving and then coming back, but he's back with them. And, and the recent form kind of shows he finished ninth here last year. I mean, Woodland's kind of pretty interesting at 9,200. Yeah, I think that he's very close. And and I wouldn't have said this, you know, going back to, I'm not sure if it was the Wells Fargo or the tournament before that, but he had absolutely nothing. And right. they put him in a featured group and he was missing. He was late on everything. You know, this is according to our guy Colt Nose down there, but he said yeah. he was late on everything. Everything was pushed way to the right and seemed to be rock bottom point almost for Woodland, you know, coming off not playing well for a period of time coming into that after the injury, after the U.S. Open, and then something clicked, right? He found something, he got himself into contention, um, and then played really well last week until I think it was like number seven or eight there, that par five where he ended up in the mulch and things just kind of unraveled for him. But I know that he is in a better place mentally. I know that he's putting in the work and I've got a buddy down here who a couple of guys who they, they teed off at a spot down here and they said, Gary Woodland was there two hours before they teed off on Mm. the putting green. They played Mm. 18 holes. They got back in Gary Woodland's on the putting green. So he was on six hours of work and I'm sure all these guys do that. But look, I think he's just um, has a great sort of, it plays to a lot of his strengths, right? Yeah. Low irons off the tee. I think that he's good. Kokrak, you mentioned, just has a knack for for finishing really well. And he does so in tough fields, right? He won mm-hmm. the tournament in Vegas with a strong field. This was a ridiculous field strength last year. You mentioned that he finished third. So both of those guys at the bottom of that range there, I think, are, are very attractive, especially if you're going to go high-priced up top. Yeah, Kokrak... He slipped a little to 49th at the PGA, but approach and putting was good. You know, those are kind of the two that I'm leaning on here. No surprise. Um, had a great run in March, three straight top tens. Uh, it feels like, you know, it feels like he's batting at least a little bit around the green, which um, can, I think, can be overcome to some degree here more so than at Kiwa. But I like his uh, I, I like his skill set and where it fits here. And he played in a great field uh, last year, finishing in the top ten. Let's go to the top part. I mean, you know, look, you can convince me of Will's Altoris on any golf course. Um, I mean, the kid just continues to impress. You know, now he's coming back to Texas. Uh, he knows a thing or two about playing there. First time though playing at Colonial, worth noting. 
Mm -hmm. Abraham answer T14 last year and showing incredible form um, right now coming in. Abraham can get a little clunky around the greens. I'm willing to overlook that at 9,700. I like answer um, a fair amount here. I really do. I think this range is going to be very interesting to kind of see where um, the ownership sort of dials in and, and mm. ends up because there's a lot of guys here which are very intriguing to me. I think that answer is going to probably be the chalkiest in the range just yeah. because you know people are going to have sort of the recency of coming off the 65 at the ocean course, um, coming back to a place where you know he was seemingly in good form last year. I think that, you know, I've, I've heard his caddy mention that this course is, is probably his favorite setup on the PGA tour in terms of Abe. He plays really well. And, and you know, and he said, you know, turn up the heat midsummer. That's when I shine. Yeah. Uh, so I think everything aligns for him this week. I just wonder if the ownership gets to a point where maybe it's worth a pivot there. Zalatoris, you can't say anything bad about him. The only thing I can say is if you're going to go Zalatoris, you almost have to start your lineup with him because it's yeah. going to be hard to squeeze him in with one of those 10K guys unless you're really comfortable down in the 6K range. Yep. Where do you put Finau? Another top 10 last week. There he is. Just kind of sneaks his way in. That's his comfort zone. You know, but you need, uh, you know, if you're going to start with Will, right, then maybe you can fit a Tony in and then you got to go way down. But do you start something with with Finau, who missed three of four cuts before the PGA, um, but really kind of did it a different way, really, when you take a deep dive. He didn't hit it that great and didn't putt that great, but he was just a magician um, around the green. I think I'm going to pass on Fino here. You're right. You know, I, I, that's the guy I kind of have highlighted, so to speak, because mm -hmm. I wonder where things shake out on Tony. I wonder if he's a little bit of the forgotten guy. You know, if you're, if you're betting outright tickets, he's proven not to be a, a great pick, um, <laughs> but in DraftKings, he's tremendous, right? Because second, third, fourth, these positions all pay out incredibly well, um, which means he's scoring well. He, you made a great point. He is very, very, you know, people see Tony and they see the distance and the power um, if he is, has tremendous ability to, to show some finesse and touch around yeah. the green. So his mm -hmm. around the green game is fantastic. His putting, I think has made a big improvement and I, you know, you could, you could rewind this and I, you could have said the same thing two years ago, but it feels like we're just waiting for that breakthrough win. Um, this is as good a spot as any for him, but yeah, there, there are certainly always question marks in terms of upside with Finau. Yeah, it always feels like Finau, there's like a little buildup too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think his short game is certainly underrated. His putting is better. Um, you know, situationally, we know he has a hard time down the stretch and winning. His comfort zone is, you know, when he's two, three, four back and he's just free willing it, right? And then he yes. gets the lead and then it's, you know, it's like he sees a ghost and then he, <laughs> he goes the other way. But um yeah, and the, and the upper range, I, I think I'm leaning a little. I mean, obviously, Will and Abraham starting something there. And then we get down to the middles, and there's Connors. I mean, just speaking of great ball striking, um, we know he can go. His short game and putting has improved. T19 um, last year, he was T8 back in 2018. A little surprising with Neiman that he hasn't played that well here. He was T32 last year, T31 and 19. He did have a top 10 in 18. 
Uh, it feels like Neiman as I, um, hold on one second here. I want to click on Neiman here as we kind of go a little bit deeper with Joaquin because he, he's probably, Neiman's probably the most interesting name for me in this group in, in, in the 9,000s. Um, you would think that with his ball striking the approach game that this would be a great spot for him. And the one thing that I think is worth noting with Neiman, and it's exactly as I pulled up here, his putting is is really on a heater right now. I mean, mm-hmm. he is he is putting perhaps the best he's ever putted um, right now when you look at this last five, six stretch. And his best split is is on bent. He loves bent grass greens. Around the green has been the issue. But Neiman, I tell you, <laughs> he could be he could be a guy worth looking at here, not only in DraftKings, but as a play to win. And right now he's uh, just under 27 to one to win. Yeah. I like Neiman. I always like Neiman. I think that he's, um, you know, he gets, so he's, he's a cut making machine right now. Longest mm-hmm. active streak on the PGA tour, I believe at 18 straight. Yeah. Um, the one area that he excels is really sort of off the team as approach play. The one area that he struggles is around the green, right? Chipping and pitching. But if your approach play is good enough and you don't put yourself in that many situations and you're not going to get to 15 feet on every other hole, you don't need to be great around the greens, right? If you have that one week, I'm kind of waiting on it. I always feel like his pricing and even his, his odds on the betting board aren't reflective of his upside. And I think that he's, I think he's right in the conversation with Morikawa, with Hovland, with Scheffler, and these guys that are consistently priced lower than him or, or at, lower odds than him i think that he's very close he just doesn't have sort of that huge win yet but he is you know people forget because he's been on tour and has a little bit more experience than these guys he's been on tour longer he's younger than morikawa he's younger Mm -hmm. than hovland he's younger than wolf um he is just an incredible talent and i think that he's very close to putting it all together and i think that 9300 right there is is a great price for neiman this week yeah it feels um Boy, it feels right with him. You know, you just look at him statistically. He's really trending here. I like him on this golf course. A little surprised by his finishes the last uh, couple years, but I think he makes some very good points um, with Neiman. I certainly will be playing him some uh, in my lineups, and and I think I'll be sprinkling some from a a win ticket standpoint as well. So you look at these 9,000s. Go ahead and give me a name there first that you would – you're liking the most okay i'm gonna go ahead i was gonna go off i was gonna go a little different but we talked about him i'll go ahead and take him give me joaquin neiman at 9300 just okay. give me a little lower down to the nine range since i went with morikawa up top yeah I, i'll give you answer because i'll be starting um i mean zal torres is obvious i'm gonna be you know yeah. he, he's gonna get some play and, and and i think you make a valid point you're gonna be starting some lineups with will um and I and I and I'll be playing some some Abraham answer as well. T14 last year. Uh I just, you know, I I I like where we're going here into the summer with him. Um I think the stars are starting to line up and can he put it together? I think the short game at this course and playing it, I don't think it's the most challenging short game shots these guys are gonna see. Um yeah. you know, like these push-up greens that we saw last week. I mean, you saw some. You saw some tough shots. I mean, you saw some really tough. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got some push-up greens here as well, a few. Um, but 
I, I think all in all, the rough length, the way the green designs are, like this isn't, I don't think, the most challenging on PGA Tour as far as around the green. So I'm willing to overlook that and I'll go with uh I'll go with Mr. Abraham answer. If you had to give him a, one more name, what would it be as I as I look up the uh, the win ticket here I on think- uh Zalatoris? Zalatoris is 25 to 1, by the way. That's what I wanted yep. to I think that Sung JM is a great price this week. And I think that, um, you know, you push us back a couple of months and he would have really been right near the top of this odds board, probably right there in the Patrick Reed Zalatoris range. I believe there's some books out there with a 35 to 40 to one right now on Sung J. The ball striking seemed to really be there at last week, um, you know, on the few shots that they showed of him. But you're right. He lost it at the very end. I think that kind of skewed his score a little bit. But I love Sung Jay on sort of a very technical iron course. And I think that this really suits him. I think that PGA National is that. Um, and that's why he sort of excelled there. And I think that this could be a very similar mold and a great fit for Sung Jay should he be able to put it all together. I just think he's close. And I think you're getting a good price on this. Yeah, he kind of lost his irons there into February first of March, but he's rebounded here nicely um, into late April and May 17th at the PGA and was positive in every category. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is a, this is certainly a good spot for him as well. All right. So we move on now to the eight thousands. Uh, Justin Rose, former champion kicks us off at 8,900 play well last week, Billy Horschel, 8,800 Hoffman continues. Good play. 87 Ryan Palmer, Texas guy, 86. Phil Mickelson, 8,500 PGA champion. Kevin Na there uh, has won here, 8,400. Streelman played great golf, struggled a little on Sunday, 8,300. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Wallace, uh, 8,200, continues to play here in the States. Cameron Tringali, 8,100. Brian Harmon at 8,000. Take me to a name or two that's uh, jumping off here in the 8,000 range. Sure. Um, I'll start with Brian Harmon. Just been playing fantastic. I think that if you could kind of script a golf course uh, for Brian to do well at, I think you're going to come up with a place very similar to Colonial. Um, I I just think that he sets up really well. I think that the iron play has been there. The putter has been there. Um, You know, the other name I really like here right off the bat is Charlie Hoffman. Just ball striking Mm -hmm. Texas seems to be I know last time that we spoke you had mentioned that you had talked to his coach and and he's just hitting it as well as he ever has and the one guy that I would kind of circle as a little bit of concern is all the way up top in Justin Rose I'm just not I'm not buying Justin Rose at this point anytime you anytime you gain almost 12 strokes putting in an event I'm usually looking to fade you in the subsequent events so I, that's just not repeatable it's not sustainable gaining 12 strokes on the field and putting and i think that most of it was there and even though he's coming back to a place where he's won and had success i'm just not paying up that price for him yeah my favorite name's charlie hoffman i've been kind of riding him he's been a top 20 machine um second at valero of course can play in Texas. You know, he's hitting the ball. His Irons approach game right now is good enough to win just about every single week. Um, his putting is the difference. When he finished plus three at Valeria, he finished second. Then he finished plus three at Heritage, top 20. And then the last couple of weeks, you know, he's he's lost a stroke here or there. Hasn't been great. So when you look at upside and you're like, we just need a great putting week, well, I would look no further than Charlie Hoffman. I mean, that's a guy that is absolutely 
crushing it when it comes to ball striking right now. Yes. Um, at a distance, his approach game, big, big steps. I mean, he is plus 8.2 last week. I mean, that's calling Morikawa territory. Um, so, yeah, I'm a huge Hoffman guy this week. And I think Harmon's a good play here as well. And you kind of work your way up Tringali. I, you know, I just, I, I just, I don't know. I, I kind of, I've played Tringali a little bit. Are we on the tail end of his great play or is he going to keep his consistent play going? You know, I think probably appropriately a price there at 81 to make you think about it Yeah, um, a little bit, but Strillman and nah, I mean, they're not going to overpower you. Uh, Strillman clearly outside of Mickelson might've been the biggest surprise last week at the PGA at big ballpark. And here he is midway through the final round. And like, he's one of four guys that has a chance to win this on this golf course. So you willing to kind of roll the dice with his best finish here was a T 18 back in 2017 is, is Strillman on the radar or maybe a knock to, to do it again. It's just not on the radar for me. Kevin Na's <laughs> another guy that's just so he's just tough to predict. And I just yeah. it, you know, you have those guys you just can't kind of get right. Kevin yeah. Na's one of them for me. I play yeah. him and he withdraws. I don't play him and he gains 15 strokes putting and wins. Um <laughs> but yeah, Tringali's interesting to me. I haven't been on him for the majority of this great run that he's been on, but you know, you go back a couple of weeks to Valero. And he was there, right, when Spieth won. Like, I believe he was second, third-round leader in that event. Been playing so good. And you just have that wonder, like, he's great on the par fours. He's top five in putting. He's top five around the green. Um, everything lines up. But did Kiowa Island break Cameron Trinkali? You know, know. Would you go, uh, like, 11, 12 over, over a three-hole stretch and book an early flight home when you weren't mm-hmm. expecting it, you know, you wonder what kind of impact that could have on your confidence and your game and your ability to go back to the course the next day and, and continue to work. Or do you, do you need a little <laughs> breather after something like that? Wonder. You know, I don't know. He's, um, gosh, he, he feels like he's playing on house money now as well as he's played. So he, he might be able to just be like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's kind of golf and, you know, I, I don't think, Cameron Tringali is going to come in and win this, but in the world of fantasy at that price, you know, he's appropriately a price to make you think about that. He could come in and finish in the top 20 again. Yeah. And I don't think that's out of line. Um, I think Horschel, I think Horschel's playing some decent golf right now. I think he's hitting the ball very well. Um, you know, we saw him win the match play, but um, you know, I think he's, he's done some good things off the TN iron game in the last two weeks. His putting's been okay. That was a big ballpark for him to finish 23rd. I think he has to feel pretty good about that. Horschel, uh, not exactly tearing this place up historically. T38 last year in that good field. T19 in 2019. I'm with you on Rose. I have a hard time right now with Justin Rose. Uh, I do think he's back where he needs to be with Foley. Um, Mm -hmm. But it just always feels like it's, you know, like the, when you watch him warm up and you listen, it's like, it's always searching, you know, like it's never, it just never feels concrete and how focused is he? You know, I just have question marks for Rose. I'll probably pass Rose. I'll pass Horschel. Um, but I do like Charlie Hoffman. Look, Mickelson could come in here and easily make the cut, work him, him way up to a top 20. I don't think that would surprise everybody, but as much energy as he is admittedly putting to what he's doing, how much gas does he have uh, in the tank? And then you go to Ryan Palmer, who I think 
I think struggling a little bit right now, man. I think Ryan's kind of um, lost the iron game. Uh, putting's been, eh. you know, I know he's coming back to Texas, but I think I'm going to pass on Ryan Palmer as well. Yeah, I think so too. You know, he has, he's always been very popular here. This has, this is the place with the the home course narrative that people love, right? This is where he plays week in and week out. But we've, what we've kind of seen um, historically is that, sometimes that can almost be a disadvantage. You know, you're used to playing a course throughout the year that's set up one way and all of a sudden they throw up grandstands and tees in different places and it can play very different and be very unfamiliar for you. So spots you're used to missing it can all of a sudden be major trouble now um, and vice versa. So I, 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 I'm more concerned though for Palmer about the, the recent form and how yeah. he's been playing. I think you made a good point on Horschel. He could be someone that could be very underlooked this week, played yep. great last week, coming in obviously in great form, just one in Texas at the match play. He's won the Byron Nelson before in this general vicinity. So um, yeah, the iron play has just been really, really good for Billy. Yeah, it has been. And I think he I think he'll be overlooked. Um, I like. Yeah, it's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn five dollars into two hundred. That's 40 to one odds on any basketball game. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for the trophy. And if that team wins, you will receive two hundred dollars in free credit. That's right. Pick any team that is still in contention, bet $5. And if that team wins, you cash $200 in free credits. All it takes to claim these 40 to 1 odds on the basketball team of your choosing is place a $5 bet on that team and that team to win. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and golf. So much more all week long. DraftKings is safe secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code travis when you sign up to turn five dollars into two hundred dollars in free credits bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game and if they do you claim the two hundred dollars in free credit that's promo code travis for a limited time only at DraftKings sportsbook all right, go ahead. Give me give me a name here, and then I'll um, I'll counter off of that. I got two or three guys here that I that I kind of trend into. But who do you like? Okay, I'm going to take your guy again. I'm going to take Charlie Hoffman. <laughs> I think that he's the safest play right there, smack yeah. at 8700. And I think that the upside. I think he, he like I can see a top top eight this week coming for Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, it's a good play. I'll go down to the bottom. I'll um no, not Cameron Tringali. I'll give you Matt Walsh at 82. I, I think um. You know, I, Matt Walsh has been very good to me. What a decision for him to stay and play. Um, he's had a great run. His confidence has to be uh, really good. Um, his, you know, he's driving it good. His iron game has been really good, although he lost one at the PGA last week. Um, but, you know, I'm willing to overlook that. I think Matt Walsh is feeling good. He's playing good. 8,200. Let's come in. Let's win in the approach game like he has, plus four. And then let's bump up this strokes gain putting, which has been trending that plus two, two and a half. Let's let's have a week. Let's have a week. Let's go plus four, you know, and and see yeah. where that puts us. Matt Walsman knocking on the door. I think trending, and I'll, I'll give you some some value there at eighty two with him. 
I love it. And and he was a guy that initially just, you know, you get these kind of conceptions when watching a guy like sort of in your brain that are working. And I feel like Matt Wallace for me has always been, give me a big wide open ballpark. Give me, yeah. give me, give me Beth page, you know, where he played really well. Give me a place like the ocean course with it's long with, with wide areas to kind of miss and wide fairways. And this is not that, but when mm-hmm. you dive a little bit deeper into the stats, he's actually been very good around the greens. He's been very good putting. Yep. Um, and he's not just doing it all with the driver, which, which right. kind of was my misconception of him. So I think that he could be a, a very sneaky sneaky play yeah i mean he's uh 18th at rbc if you're looking at you know kind of a a comp type of shortish um tree line golf course mm-hmm. and he really didn't make much at all uh, that week so have a good budding week here on these bent grass greens which his splits are pretty good there he's outside of poa that's it's his second favorite so yeah i, I like that we'll, we'll stay with that all right so we go to the seventh Gonna start at the top. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start listing names. Okay. And then when I get to a name, you're gonna be like, stop. I need to talk about him. All right. All right, here we go. So seven thousand range, seventy nine hundred, Brant Snedeker, seventy nine hundred, Emilio Grio. Or Miano Grio, excuse me. Finished third here back in 2018. My boy Grio. I'm going past him. Seventy eight hundred Matt Jones. 7,800 Keith Mitchell. There's Poulter at 77. KH Lee, 77. Crickets. Former champion Chris Kirk, 76. Stop there, Sean. <laughs> we got to talk about Chris <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> so I found a really good betting number on Chris Kirk. I really like him this week. Um, coming back to a place where he's won, I think that his around the green game is fantastic. Anytime that you put him um, in a spot where I think his ability to go tee to green in that, I mean, um, not, I don't want to say target golf, but I mean, middle of the fairway to center of the green and try to hold some putts. He's really good and sort of tends to excel. I think that his form has been trending in the right direction. Um, there's just, when you look at sort of the, you know, you plug it into fantasy national and you look kind of across the board, there's just a lot of green that pops for Chris Kirk right now. And I think that he's in a good spot at 7,600. Be interesting to see where the popularity shakes out, but, yeah. but I'm, I'm heavy on Kirk this week. Yeah, I think he's, he's probably the, He's probably my favorite name to this point. I'm kind of a sucker for Grio. I'll talk myself into him quite often um, at 7,900. Right now, it looks like uh, as far as a win ticket, as I pull up DraftKings Sportsbook, um, first name I look at is Phil Mickelson at 70 to 1. Where's the respect for the PGA champion? Matt Wallace, I mentioned him. He's at 70 uh, to 1. And there he is, Chris Kirk, 55 to 1 uh, right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Grio at 45, Charlie at 40. So certainly some, some things to think about there. All right, we'll keep going here. Next in line, Matt Kuchar got beat up a little bit at the big course last week, 7,600. Mm-hmm. Lee Westwood, first time, or at least first time in a while at 7,600 at this golf course. Feels appropriate. Interesting. Siwoo Kim, 76, has absolutely tanked it here for the last five years. He's missed the cut. Peter Uline, oddly enough, has played well here. T14, T13. 
I don't want to stop you on you line necessarily because I don't love him, but um, you look at a guy who's coming off an incredible run on the corn ferry tour right now. And I really like to sort of uh, typically isolate these guys. I don't feel like the corn ferry tour is that far off, like in to some degree, like these right. guys have the, 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 the winning a corn ferry tour event is incredibly hard. And I think that it sets up a lot of these guys in some instances better than um, guys who play predominantly on the European tour does. It's more familiar type golf courses. It's more familiar type scoring situations. And I think that he's riding a good run of form, not only recently, but with course history here. So he could mm-hmm. definitely be a guy that that sort of piques my interest. Doesn't really pop in many of the stat miles because um, you aren't pulling those corner fairy tour stats. And if you go back far enough, you're reaching really deep sort of um, into his PGA tour stats. Yeah. He's an interesting name here. He's played very well here. Um, Elon last time we saw him on the PGA tour was the Byron missed the cut Valspar 57th Corrales 22nd. So this is just a place that um, kind of fits his eye, you know, as far as, um, being comfortable out there on the golf course. All right, continuing on, Sergio's at 75. Brandon Grace at 75. There's that Cameron Davis dude again. Missed the cut last year. Kind of waiting on him, aren't we? Just a little bit? Are we waiting on Cameron Davis? Like, come on, man. Where, where are you? Like, You're waiting on him. And I've been, I've been heavy on him. I like to kind of pick my spots for him. And I just think a spot where he can be very – aggressive off the tee with the driver and he plays the game the like I love the way he plays so he's yeah. going to take on every par five um that's the type of course you know with eagle opportunities with drivable par fours that can really kind of pay off that's the kind of course that I like him at I just think the 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 narrowness of the in the strategy that goes into winning at colonial isn't his best setup, but he just keeps playing and he just keeps finishing well. And and he's on a great path right now. So you got Harold Varner as we, um, I'll stop you there on Harold. Okay. Varner. All right. Um, in on Varner this week, I love the price. I love the current form. Um, he was a guy who I remember here last year was leading this event for quite mm-hmm. a while. It was like a great story coming out of the the hiatus with him and Spieth up there. Um, faded on Sunday, which is what has kind of been Harold's kryptonite, right? We've seen it all too many times for him. Great rooting interest for me personally on Harold. But um, beyond that, I think that the numbers just check out really well. Good finish, like you mentioned, at the Heritage, which has some good comps in terms of a tight tree-lined strategic golf course. So, yeah, I think he played okay last week at the PGA. Um, It wasn't his best performance, but he made the cut and kind of grinded through the weekend and, and came up with a decent finish for him on a really, really tough long golf course so a lot of green for Harold this week for me as well actually cumulatively rated out seventh in the stat model that I ran so definitely in on Harold 7400 yeah he's he's gonna get some play I think at 7400 um to your point being up there on the leaderboard late Camillo coming back first time since 2017 74 Joel Damon I, I think who played good Last week made the cut 7,400 <clears throat> couple top twenties here in the last three years. Um, feels like Joel's kind of, you know, he had the one, he had the win there, um, opposite field event and he was playing awful up to that point, but it feels like he's kind of got his game back in 7,400, another top 20 sign me up. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, he played really well last week also. Yes. Patton Kazire, 74. Hasn't done much here. Stallings has shown some form. Hasn't done much here. 7,400. Russell Knox, 7,300. Has shown form here. Two in the, let's see, top 20s in two of the last three years. Matthew Naismith, still waiting on the putter to come out of hibernation at 7,300. Carlos Ortiz, 73. Missed the cut the last two years. Lucas Glover has shown some form over the last couple of months playing well. Has done well for me. 73, any? <clears throat> nope, he says. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm not there on Lucas Glover just yet. Um, you know, have some interest on, in Gooch right below him, but I'm going to yeah. pass that as well. But there's a couple of guys here at 72 that, that when we get to. All right. Here we go. There's my man, Gooch. <clears throat> He's been good to me at 73. T43 last year, T29 in 19 at this course. Doug Gim, miscut last two years, coming back again. Putter in deep hibernation. Kevin Kisner um, has not played well, but has won here back in 2017, 7,200. Yeah, I like Kisner. So okay. Kisner's one of the guys I have, and I'm kind of um, a little bit in trying to kind of ignore some recent form in the sense and just hope that it's kind of a buy low spot for Kisner. Um, I can remember him being priced much higher in this event last year, and I don't have yeah. the number in front of me, but um, with the win equity that he has at this <laughs> event, uh, seeing that he's done this before, and, and his strength has really been the putter it's kind of let him down for a couple of weeks. So getting back on a surface in bent that he puts his best, um, hopefully he's kind of got things a little figured out. You know, he Kisner, and he's been very open about this, that there's courses where he just ain't going to compete, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think PGA was one of those. So I think that he had sort of, the, you know, he knew he was missing that cut. Uh, and I think that he's <laughs> kind of anxious and has certain spots on the calendar circled and says, this is my this is my fit and these are my weeks where I'm going to make my hay and I'm going to feed my family. And I think the colonial is definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. He just, you know, Kisner, hopefully his, his attitude is right and he's focused because this is a good spot for him. Clearly he's played well here in the past. CT pond. You'd think a good spot for him too. Not long. Um, strategic finished third back in 2019. Doc Redman ball striking extraordinaire finished T58 last week. Higgs, T38. I'm sorry, T58 last year. I'm going to go back in on Doc Redman. Okay. I'm going to play some Doc this week. Um, okay. I just, I, I like Doc and I've been, I've been, he's one of my guys. So I'm kind of in on that. But um, just seeing things trending in the right direction, you know, decent performance at the Valspar. He kind of was on a, a terrible run there until he got to Texas and he got to Valero and things sort of flipped for him there. And he was started to gain some strokes uh, in some different categories where he had really been struggling. And then two weeks ago at the Byron was his best performance in a long time. So finished yep. nice, was back to doing what he does in terms of approach, in terms of tee to green play and, and actually made some putts this week. So he's coming off two straight events with, with positive strokes game putting bent is his, his biggest split in terms of putting stats by far in terms mm -hmm. of the advantageous surface for doc. So um, I like his upside. I think that he, he, he could have a top 20 in store this week. Yeah. Doc certainly is going to get some looks. Higgs, can he keep it going? Played very well last week, 7,200. Then uh, let's finish up here. We've got, I'll read these off. In the 7,100s, 
Kyle Stanley, Vegas, Rory Sabatini, who's played well here, Pat Perez, Brendan Todd, and then in the 7,000, Sepp Straka, Troy Merritt, Dylan Fratelli, Adam Hadwin, Sebastian Munoz, uh, and Zach Johnson there. I, I you know, as I as I kind of look here towards um the bottom, I think your notes on Higgs uh is well taken. Rory Sabatini, there's horses for courses. I just fix yeah. your eyes. I'll tell you what, three straight top twenties in the last three years. I think I, you could convince me of, of some Sabatini here. Yeah, great ball striker. Um, certainly has his spots. Another guy that he plays well at. Um, wanted to kind of have some interest in Fratelli just because I feel like come you know the, the the whole Texas narrative and it seems like you know this is where he makes his home. It should have some familiarity for him, but just hasn't been playing well. Um, missed a lot of cuts recently, so kind of in a struggling situation in terms of his form. But uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot that really sticks out to me at the very bottom of the range. I think that I like you know those three guys there at 72, whether it's a combination of Kisner, Redmond, and Higgs, I think are going to be the three guys where I'd pay up the extra 200 bucks in terms of, I think, top 20 upside there. All right, cool. Fair enough. I, I think um, I, I like Harold Varner, you know, he at 74, he's a name. I like Joel Damon um, at 74, you know, I'm sure I'll play Gooch. I'm a sucker at uh, 73, but yeah, you're kind of, it's time for Kisner to kind of come out and, and start playing some golf, right? I mean, it's been mm-hmm. a struggle here, and, and let's get back to, to seeing Kisner doing the things that we've seen him do. And, uh, yeah, I'll go with you there with Kisner as well as 7,200. I mean, my goodness, former champion, right. um, a, a great spot for him here. Let's, uh, let's get this thing going. All right, as we get down to the 6,000, let's give them each a couple names. My goodness, it is a shorter field this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something you know, to get to the 6,000 is like, it's, it can get overwhelming. <laughs> but if we had to kind of pinpoint two names, give me one name that, uh, that you like. Okay. So the first name that I like is Tom Hoagie. Um, Hoagie. I love Hoagie when, when if it can get kind of a little bit windy, you know, I, I, I like Hoagie in those type of conditions. Um, rates out pretty well in ball striking. He's going to hit a lot of fairways. Uh, he's good around the greens. He's got some decent uh, course history here as well, which isn't terrible. So, yeah, I think that he 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 could go well this week. You know, 12th at the Valero, 25th at the Heritage. So in this range, you're really just um, you're looking for guys who are going to make the cut, right? More than anything to get you through with a six of six. And I think that he's a pretty safe play. Now he's kind of at the top of the 6K range. So you're going to have to, um, you know, be strategic with how you build that lineup. But you're going to yeah. need one of these guys more than likely. And I think that he's a pretty safe play there. Yeah, I'll give you um, I'll give you Michael Thompson, 6,600. OK, I like that. And. You know, we, we, we've been talking about some of these statistics. I think you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the wedge play, right, as an important stat, which it's going to be 100, 125 yards. You know, you look at, some, you look at the trends coming in in the entire field. And the cool thing was some of the software is you can just look at the field, recent trends coming in. He ranks 28th, last 24 rounds, <clears throat> approach wedge play, 100 to 125 yards. He's, he's good in that. 175 the 200 yard approach he's he's good in the par four scoring he's ranked at 24th um you know ironically his putting 
is probably the worst, you know, when it looks at the last 24 runs coming in. When you think of Michael Thompson, you think of good putter, right? So yeah. I'm looking at this like, okay, Michael Thompson's kind of getting it done in other areas. Okay, now if the putter catches up, which is usually his strength, when this is a good golf course for him, 6,600, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Love it. I've got one more for you. <laughs> okay. and he, is, he is he is down there. He's at $6,300, and I think oh. it's a great play this week, and I'm digging in the Denny dirt. Uh, Denny McCarthy, 6,300. <laughs> he is – you want a guy to make the cut? He's made seven of the last eight. Um, we talked about it earlier how this course could turn into a putting contest. Probably the best putter on the PGA Tour, one of the best in terms of statistically – um, been incredible on the par fours recently, which he's really played well. Some good finishes to back that up. Top 10 at the Honda. Uh, good finish at the Heritage, I believe. Good finish at the Valspar. So, yeah, I, I, I like Denny. Look, he's, he's, he's the type of guy that isn't going to shock me to see him gain 6.7 strokes putting. And if he can play these par fours relatively well, I think he's got a lot of upside there at 6,300. I imagine he's pretty popular. But if you want to stack Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas at the top, um, I think he's a great pair with one of those in terms of a good putter to go down with them. Yeah, I like that too. That was a name that I had circled here. And all right, I'll give you I'll give you my uh, another name here, Andrew Putnam um, at sixty six hundred. I mean, he's finished third. He's finished twentieth here. Coming in, again, you go back to the model here, last 24 rounds coming in, some of these key statistics, he, you know, he really checks out very nicely. So his off-the-tee game is probably his, his weakness. Um, so you're going to have some weakness here, certainly down in this area. But I think he's, he's, he's strong in approach. His putting, I think, is, is a little bit of a heater right now. He's putting pretty good. He comes in 16th. Uh, in this, in the entire field, last 24 rounds. Hmm. And again, that proximity range from 100 to 125, he checks out very, very well. So let's keep it in front of us off the tee. Let's hit some good wedges. And um, let's have a day on the putter at 66. He's done it before here. Let's do it again. So I think that's some really good value plays down there in the 6,000s. I love it. We covered a lot of ground there. Uh, into the sevens, a lot of things to think about, some people to really consider in the sixes, which gives people obviously a lot of um, range to do different things uh, up top and how many of those guys that you're going to need. I'm happy that we're moving past the PGA because you're going to have those weeks, right? So okay. we're like, okay, we're past the PGA. Now we're back on the heater this week here at the Charles Schwab and uh, – well, as always, great job, and uh, let's see how we do this week. Pleasure, Travis. As always, best of luck to you, and I appreciate you having me on once again. Anytime, buddy. Just give yeah, me the tell call. the guys real quick. Tell the tell the audience about your uh, podcast as well. Sure. Yeah, I do a um, podcast that covers the betting board on Monday nights. So we do a live show called Preferred Lines at Preferred Lines on Twitter. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Tor Picks. And then Wednesday, I do a show for a really cool new app called Jock Market. So um, essentially what it is, is it's kind of a blend of, of fantasy golf and the stock market. So there's there's share prices for players. It's really fun. It's really unique. It's really innovative. And, and people are building a, a solid portfolio over there and winning a lot of money. So that's fun. I do that Wednesday nights with, with Rick Gaiman over on his YouTube channel. Um, 
you know, appreciate it always. Love grinding out the golf content. It, it, it makes the week very fun and enjoyable for me. All right, Joe. Great job. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch this week. Thanks, pal. Talk to you later. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 